All right, New Life Junior High, it's good to see you guys. It's always fun having a little bit of fun. It, it's really fun seeing like who the competitive people are because there's like the most like the most fun people just like really irritate. You know, like you just make sure like they can't win or like anything like that. It's just, it's a lot of fun from my seat. I know it probably makes some of you miserable. It's a good time. But hey, it's good to see you guys. We have a packed house this, this evening. I love it. It's good to see a lot of familiar faces. Real quick, for anyone in this room, this might be like worst case scenario if like you're an introvert, if you don't like this. If you'd be so bold, is it anyone's first time in here? Put your hand down. Put your hand down. Is it your first time? Yeah? Is it your first time? Amazing. Is it your first time? Awesome. Can, can we give them a round of, not you, not you. Give them a round of applause and welcome them. We're glad you guys are here. Welcome to New Life Student Ministries. We have a lot of fun here. We're crazy. But we're also serious about God's word. Everyone say God's word. I need everyone to say God's word. There you go. There you go. I'm excited to jump into scripture with you guys. If you're talking right now, you should quiet down now. Settle in. Just lean in for the next 30 minutes. Some of you guys do that literally. I love it. For the next 30 minutes, and then we'll go out and have some more fun during After Dark. It will be great. But hey, if you weren't with us this past week or on Sunday, to catch you up, we started a series in the Gospel of Matthew. I'm going to say Matthew. Matthew is the very first book in the New Testament, is the very first gospel account in Scripture. And, and the gospel accounts are basically the, the four books, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and anyone know the fourth one? John, very nice. Y'all know your Bible. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, shh. If you're talking right now, I'm, I'm going to just wait. I'm going to just wait. People back there, yeah, yeah. shh. Yep. All right. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, these are the Gospels. And in the Gospels, we see recorded the teachings of Jesus and, and stories about Jesus. Jesus' very words while he was living on earth. And what we see is in the Gospel of Matthew that, that Matthew is focusing on writing to a Jewish audience. Everyone say Jewish. He's writing to a Jewish audience. This audience are people that they grew up hearing about God. Any of you guys grew up going to church like for a lot of your life? I don't know. Okay, cool. Like if, you, like, if you grew up going to church, hearing about Jesus, like you're kind of similar to like the people, the people of Israel, the people who, who grew up and like they knew the stories of like Moses and the Israelites getting delivered out of Egypt, right? Right. They, they knew about like who this God, this, this Yahweh is. And we see that, that Matthew is writing his gospel to, to this Jewish audience to prove this point, that Jesus is the Messiah. Can you say Jesus is the Messiah? Say it nice and fast. Jesus is the Messiah. It's hard to say Jesus and is like really fast. It like becomes the same word. Jesus is the Messiah. And what we see here is that, that, that the, the gospel writer Matthew is basically trying to show to all these people who grew up hearing promises that this Messiah, which is the Hebrew word for, for anointed one, would come one day and would make all things right. He'd come and establish justice. He would come and, and bring his own kingdom to earth. And, and what Matthew's goal is to say, hey, everyone, look, look, look. Jesus, this guy that came, he is the Messiah. He is the son of God. He is worth following. And today, we're going to kind of focus on is, is how Jesus describes his kingdom, what's often called the kingdom of heaven. Can you say kingdom of heaven? The kingdom of heaven, what, it, what it Jesus describes as, as the kingdom that when he comes back again, 
the kingdom that he will establish when he makes all things new and all sin and death, suffering and pain is gone. What kind of kingdom does Jesus want? What kind of king is Jesus? And ultimately, who does he call you and I to be as members of the kingdom? Are you tracking with me? So that's what we're going to lean into this, this evening. So if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5, starting in verse 1. This is one of my favorite passages in all of the Bible. Here we go. It'll be up on the screen as well. Matthew 5, verse 1 says this. Seeing the crowds, Jesus went up on the mountain. When he sat down, his disciples came to him. And he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons or children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Ever say kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others revile, and per, revile, revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad for your reward. Everyone say reward. For your reward is great in heaven. For so they persecute the prophets who were before you. Everyone go ahead, close your eyes and bow your heads. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the young men and the young women that are in this room tonight. Lord, I thank you that none of them are here by accident. Lord, that before you even created the heavens and the earth, before any one of us ever lived on this earth, that you knew that we would be here tonight. Lord, you, you know every single life situation and circumstance going on in this room. For many of us, including myself, there are things that feel weighty right now, things that are a mystery right now, things that are difficult. And I thank you that for, for those of us in this room feeling those things, that you are near to us. Lord, for those coming in tonight who don't know you, who've maybe heard about you, Jesus, or about the gospel, and it's just been kind of a, a cute story. I thank you that, that you are pursuing them, even tonight. Lord, that you are their creator. God, that you are their father, that you are the one that puts life into their lungs, that, that gives them a life to live, that has given them family and friends and and school and so many blessings. Without you, Lord, we, we are nothing. We have nothing. So Holy Spirit, I pray that you do work in all of our hearts. For those of us that couldn't care less about being here, for those of us that are so excited to be here, Holy Spirit, would you come and ready our hearts for your word. Help us to know you more, Jesus, and to become more like you. If that's your prayer, would you just put your hand on your heart and would you just say, Holy Spirit, 
Help me to know Jesus and make me more like him. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen, amen. Hey, guys, I want to go ahead and jump straight into into scripture and into what this passage is telling us tonight. I, I want to give you guys just three simple points about what this passage is telling us about the character of God and who we are called to be. Okay, the character of God and then who we are called to be as members of the kingdom of God, which is where I want to start is number one, what we see in this passage is we see who the kingdom of heaven is for. Okay, if you're taking notes, I want you to write that down. It'll be up on the screen. We see in this passage who the kingdom of heaven is for. As, as Jesus is, is, is teaching this sermon that we know as the Sermon on the Mount, as he starts opening his mouth to his, to his 12 closest disciples, his closest friends, as well as many other people in the crowd, he starts off by saying, who, who is blessed in Jesus' eyes? Everyone say blessed. This word that, that means like they have favor. They are seen by God. Who, who are those that are blessed? Who are those that get to inherit the kingdom of heaven? How many of you guys have seen either the Narnia movies or the Lord of the Rings movies? Yeah. Someone said, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Like those, those are some of my favorite, some of the best movies. Have any of you guys ever read the books for Narnia or Lord of the Rings? If you read the, the Lord of the Rings books, I'm, I'm right there with you. It's like reading the Bible four times over. It's like 18,000 pages. You're like, oh, my goodness. But like, which is why it's like a four-hour movie. But, but like, okay, one more time. How many of you guys have seen The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, the Narnia movie? Keep your hands up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. That's a good amount of you in this room. Okay, awesome. All right. One of my favorite scenes in this movie. Some of you guys may know this scene. Well, as after uh, Peter and Susan and Lucy, they, they get across like the frozen lake and everything. I'm, I'm talking from the, the, the movie, by the way, not the book. So if any of you guys are like big, like, like book-like people, I'm sorry, this might irritate you because there are some differences. I know that's irritating. Anyways, but like what we see is like they, they cross the, the, the frozen lake and they eventually get to this camp, right, where you have a bunch of the Narnians who remain faithful to Aslan. You guys track with me? Like they've, they've stayed faithful to Aslan. They, they haven't turned to the white witch, but like they continue to hold to Aslan as their king. Everyone say king. And so they, they hold to Aslan as their one true king. And there's, there's this moment in the camp. Like try to picture this if you've seen the movie where, where Peter and Susan and Lucy, they walk up and Peter's like, we have come to see Aslan. I'm not, I can't do a British accent, so I'm not going to try. But he says, like, we, we've come to see Aslan. And then there's this moment. Where like all the Narnians get dead quiet. It's a silence. Then we see all of them start getting on like a knee, right? They all start bowing. And, and so Peter, Susan, and Lucy are like, we should probably do that too. And, and they bow down on one knee. And you have this epic, epic moment where you have like Mufasa. Just kidding, it's Aslan. Where Aslan like walks out of the tent. And you have this moment of like, oh my gosh, like this dude is like the, the biggest, strongest, most beautiful lion ever. And like, we see is like when a king shows up, like everything in the room and everything in the environment, the people, they are, they're completely different. Are you guys tracking me? Are you guys tracking me? Like, or how about this? How many of you guys have seen Lord of the Rings? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like think about if, if you've seen Lord of the Rings. I feel like he, he might be your favorite character. You know where I'm going, I bet. Like, who, who here just loves Aragorn? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, like if you've seen Lord of the Rings, like, you know, like Aragorn is just like, 
a G. Like, I look at Aragorn, and it's like, one day when I'm like 38, I want to be Aragorn. You know, it's like, who knows how old he was, because like, he, the elf part of it. Anyways, but like, like, and Aragorn shows up, and you know, it's just like, the Lord of the Rings is this journey of him kind of like stepping into his identity as king. But you see the difference between, between a real king and false rulers in Lord of the Rings. In, in the movie Return of the King, you have this, this nasty dude who does like one of my biggest pet peeves in Return of the King, the steward of Gondor. You guys know, like, if, if you haven't seen the movie, just track me. He's like this, this weird looking creepy guy with like long gray hair and he eats grapes and tomatoes. It's just like so gross. Anyone get like annoyed by loud eaters? Yeah. Oh, it's like my biggest pet peeve. Like, I'm not going to say who I know that like is a loud eater, but there's some people close to me that are loud eaters. And I'm like, you're going to make me pull my hair out. Like you're irritating me. I can't even sit next to you. But like, he's just like chomping on this stuff. But, but this guy, the steward of Gondor, stay with me, stay with me. I have a point to this. I'm not just talking about movies for no reason. Okay. The steward of Gondor, he is, he is only a temporary kind of like self-appointed ruler. Right, like he's, he's, he's hungry for power and he's, and he's thirsty for like securing his own kingdom and getting everyone to follow him and like being that guy in people's eyes. And then we see what happens when Aragorn shows up, right? Like, like when Aragorn shows up, this dude that's like a beast in battle and he's brave and he lays his life down for his friends. It's, there's something about Jesus like that. Ooh. But like, like, he, he's, like he like lays down his life for his friends like, and, and we see that like people follow Aragorn not this, this fake steward, because ultimately what happens, never listen to me, what happens is when, when, when a real king enters the room, the people of that kingdom, they can't stay the same as they were before. Okay, they, they can't continue to live the same lives. They, they, a king doesn't walk through the doors and they're like, oh, king's here, like, I'm gonna go back to living my sinful life. Like, no, 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 like, like when a king walks through the doors, there's something unique. There's something that shifts instantly. And you see, when we look at this passage in Matthew 5, as, as Jesus is kind of starting his public ministry, what we see in this passage is that Jesus is describing what type of people will spend eternal life with God. Now, let me be clear. Everyone listen to me. Everyone, everyone look up. Look, everyone look up. If you're on your phone right now, you're distracted. You need to pay attention, all right? But like, I want you guys to hear this clearly. Salvation is based on what Jesus has done for you and you putting your faith in him. Okay, so when we talk about inheriting the kingdom of God is, is once, we put our, once we put our faith in Jesus and we, we enter into the salvation that God has given us, being saved from sin and being saved from being separated from God forever in a place called hell, which is what we deserve without the finished work of Jesus. That, that is salvation. That is what Jesus has done for us. But when we, when we put our faith in Jesus, when he becomes our ruler, our savior, our king, everyone say king. When he becomes our king, there is a shift that is, that is meant to happen in our lives where we say, because of what this king has done for me and because of who this king is, I can't keep living the same way. Are you guys tracking with me? Are you guys tracking with me? Hey, just straight up, guys, there's a lot of people that are distracted right now. Don't be touching your neighbor. Don't be talking to your neighbor. Don't be on your phones, okay? We got leaders in here that are going to help me kind of if you're doing that. I don't want to like, take phones away. You're not little kids, okay? I need you guys to grow up and be mature, all right? What we see here is that, that when we have our faith in Jesus, it, it leads to a life transformation. 
And what, what Jesus is saying in this passage, go back to verse 3 with me. He says, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Poor in spirit, what that means is those who are dependent on God. Verse 4, blessed are those who mourn. What this means is those who, when they see brokenness, when they see the, the sinful condition of our world, they, they're moved to compassion. They, they mourn. They don't just keep on going as life is. And as, as we continue to look at all these things that Jesus lists out, you know what becomes very clear? Is that the way of Jesus is very different than the way of the world. Have you guys experienced that before? Like, like you read about this life that we're called to live in Jesus, like the way that he calls us to live and the way, like the type of peace we have, the type of purpose we have, the identity we have. And what we see is like that is very different from what the world tries to offer us. What we see in this passage is that Jesus is showing that as the king of this kingdom, he's showing what he values. He's showing what he values and who he calls us to be. So when we look at this passage, what, what Jesus is saying here is, look, the people I'm looking for in my kingdom are not those who try really hard to show themselves as powerful. The people I'm, I'm calling into my kingdom are not those who, who try to show like they have it all together and like they're successful in whatever they do and they have all the friends and the popularity. And they have all those things like that's why, that's why they can be in my kingdom. No, no, no. What Jesus is doing is he's actually kind of flipping the script and saying, no, no, no. Like if you, if you are moved to compassion, if you are merciful, rather than being vengeful and and making fun of people that are mean to you or, or being rude to people or bullying people. Like, instead of doing that, like, blessed are the merciful. When we follow the way of Jesus, that is the life of the kingdom that he invites us into. Are you guys tracking with me? Yeah? Give me some knowledge. Yeah, okay. Number two that we see in this passage is we see the character of Jesus revealed. I'm going to say character. What we see in this passage is, is we see Christ's character put on display. See, when, when we look at a passage like this, and often what happens when we, when we pick up this book to read it, often we have, we have good intentions, right? Like, I, I want to I grow in my, in my relationship with Jesus. I want to become more like Christ. Like, all these good things. And often what happens is when we pick up Scripture, what we do is we make it all about what we have to do. Right. Have you guys been there before? Like, like you pick up the Bible and really you're focused on, okay, like I need to try really hard to be these things. I need to try really hard to be selfless and to not be prideful and to, to not fall into temptation. And, like, and, and what quickly happens is the Bible becomes a, a law for us, becomes a way of life saying, do all of these things and maybe you can be saved. Or, or just don't do A, B, C, D, E, and then, and then like you can maybe be a Christian. No, no, no. Friends, you know what I see when I look at this passage? Everyone look at me. When I start to look at this passage, I start to see the character of Jesus in these verses. Elena, you can go ahead and, and put that, that passage back up, starting in verse 3. When Jesus says, blessed are the poor in spirit, or blessed are those who who are empty and they, they acknowledge their need. They acknowledge how much they need God 
the Father. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Blessed are the merciful. Blessed are the pure in heart. Blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake. A few years ago, one really special memory I have, I, I was reading through the Bible front to back for the first time. Have you guys ever read the whole Bible before? Only a few. It's, it's okay. It's long and there's a whole lot of stuff like as you're reading through, you're like, what in the world is going on? There's like the weirdest action stories, just the weirdest stories, like the weirdest laws, like don't boil a baby goat in its mother's milk. And you're like, okay, cool, cool. Like there's, there's some weird stuff in the Bible. It all makes sense. But I, I'm, I'm not an Israelite living thousands of years ago, so it's a little hard to understand sometimes. But I was reading through scripture from, from start to finish. And I remember, I remember as, I, as I read through the Old Testament, if you read through the Old Testament, what you see time and time and time again is people fall short, right? Like, like you see the very people that God called to be his own people. Like he, he calls them out of Egypt. He does all these plagues and signs to show, like, I am the real, true, living God. And then he splits the Red Sea so they can go out and live a life free of slavery. And then, like, not but a few days later, they're like, man, that food in Egypt kind of slapped, though. Like, my God, like, where's, where's that Egyptian? I don't know what Egyptians eat. Where's that Egyptian food that we used to have? Like, all we got is, like, some, some manna. Really, like, like what we see time and time again is that the people of God are unfaithful. Everyone say unfaithful. We see the people of God are unfaithful. And even those who God calls to lead. Like, any of you guys ever heard of King David before? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, if you've grown up in, like, in church, like, you know, like, this dude David, like, we all talk about him like he's a legend. Like, he, like, slays Goliath and he's king. He's a man after God's own heart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like, did you read the part about, like, when he commits adultery and is, like, responsible for murder? Yeah, if you guys didn't read that part, go back and read your Bibles. It's right there. But like, like, like we read about even like the best leaders and maybe the best examples we have of, of men and women of God. Ultimately, what they have in common is that they fall short. And as I, as I read through the Old Testament, I got to this passage in Matthew. Matthew 5. Shh, stop talking, guys. And as I started to read these words, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And blessed are those who mourn, and blessed are those who are merciful, and blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are the pure in heart. As I started reading these verses, I, like, I instantly started to get tears in my eyes and, and tears running down my face. I don't know if any of you guys would like cry. I, I don't cry a ton. And it, was, it kind of came out of nowhere. I was like, what is, what is happening? My, my face is wet. Like, like I instantly just started like, like having this like emotional reaction as I, as I read these verses. And you know what I started to think about? You know what I started to think about? So I thought about blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are the, the dependent on God. And you know what I thought about? I thought about the moment, the Gospel of John, where Jesus is on his knees, sweating drops of blood, praying and crying out, saying, God, if there be any other way for your, for your will to be done, for, is there, if there's any way for this cup to pass, a.k.a. for him to not go to the cross, would you please do it 
But nonetheless, not what I will, but what your will. As Jesus is sweating drops of blood in absolute anguish, knowing the suffering and the pain that he is about to endure for you and for me. You know what we see Jesus do? He comes to God the Father. Just, God, I need you. I can't do this. Have you guys ever been there before? Where you come to God and say, Lord, I don't even know what to pray. I don't know what to say, but I need you. I, I, I need you to help. I don't even know what could change. Like, I need you. I started thinking about, blessed are those who mourn. How many of you guys know the story about Jesus healing, raising Lazarus from the dead? You guys know that one? It's a sick story. It's awesome. But you know what happens right before Jesus raises this man from the dead? What does Jesus do? It's the shortest verse in the Bible. Who's memorized the shortest verse in the Bible? Say it out. Everyone say, Jesus wept. You just memorized scripture. Great job. Everyone say, Jesus wept. When you look at this, you look at this passage and you see that, that Jesus comes. Shh, everyone listen to me. Everyone listen. I want you guys to get this. This is so beautiful. When Jesus shows up to this home, it's been days since this man Lazarus has died. Lazarus was a friend of Jesus's and, and Lazarus's sisters are friends of Jesus. And when Jesus shows up on the scene, they're weeping. They're crying. They just lost their friend. He was too young to die. Unspeakable heartbreak. Some of you guys know what it's like to experience loss. It's, it's one of the most devastating things ever. And Jesus shows up on the scene. And you know what amazes me? Everyone look at me. If you don't get anything else, I, I just want you to hear these few words about the character of Jesus. And when Jesus shows up on the scene, he's fully God. Right? So he, he knows he's about to raise Lazarus from the dead. He, like, he knows he has the power to do this. But you know what Jesus does before he goes and does a miracle? He doesn't say, ah, oh, Mary, Martha, like, don't trip. I'm about, to, I'm about to raise him from the dead. You're good. Like, he's not like, oh, why are you crying? Like, I'm, about to, I'm about to do a miracle. No, no. What does Jesus do? He mourns with them. He weeps with them. Like some of you just need to hear in this room tonight that, like, that Jesus is mourning with you. Everyone look at me. I don't want you talking right now. Like some of you, you, you feel like you are walking through the valley of the shadow of death. Like you feel like you're walking through the lowest of the lows. It may not be because someone close to you passed away, but there's pain and suffering in your life. There's huge questions and you feel a sense of loss or grief or desperateness or sadness, even fear and anxiety. And you know what the truth of scripture is? That Jesus is not far off and distant. Like he comes close and he mourns with us. Like that's the type of king we have. He's not a king that uses power to say like, oh, that's too bad. Like, but not, that's too small of an issue for me. I've got bigger things to do. I've got like gravity to keep in balance. And I got, I got like the whole like, like entire universe to take care of. No, no, no. Jesus mourns. Keep, keep looking at these, at these verses. We see blessed are the meek. Everyone say meek. Meek, kind of a weird word. Like we don't, we don't really use that. But it's another word for, for humble. Blessed are those who are humble. You see what I see in Jesus? Jesus is the most humble person on earth. I want to say something. This sounds strong, but I want you guys to hear this. Jesus owes you and I 
nothing. Okay, he, he doesn't owe us a single thing. Like, you don't deserve the blood of Jesus for you. I don't deserve the blood of Jesus for me. Like, there's, there's no amount of worship songs I could sing. There's no amount of preaching I could do. There's no amount of, like, just trying to live a good life that could make God step back and be like, oh, yeah, like, he earned his salvation. Like, sure, he won't go to hell. No, no, no. Like, like literally, the only reason I have relationship with Jesus is because God the Father looked down from heaven and said, Mateo, He's, he's broken without me. He's sinful without me. But I'm choosing to send my son to die for him. And, and Rachel and Reagan and, and, and every, like, every single one of you, it's like, without Jesus, like, like, we have no right to be saved. But we see Jesus, the most humble man ever. He leaves his throne in heaven. Why? To come to die for you. Blessed are the meek. We see that Jesus is humble. Blessed are the merciful. We see the mercy of God in Jesus. Blessed are the pure in heart. Blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness. Friends, are you you understanding this? That when we look at this passage, the main takeaway tonight is try to do and be all these things. The invitation for us is to say, look at the character of Jesus. Look Look how he is humble and merciful, how, how he is a peacemaker, how he is pure in heart. I, I, use, I, I, I talked about this a few weeks ago. If there's anything that's shown me like how not pure in heart I am, like how selfish I am, it's marriage. Okay, let, 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 me, let me be candid with you. Can I be real with you guys? Can I be real? Yeah, yeah, no? I won't share my story. Yes, okay, cool. Okay, like I, I said this a few weeks ago, but like, like marriage has like held up like the most like, like horrible like mirror to me where I realized like how selfish I am in my nature. Okay. Like, like I, I talked about this a few weeks ago, but it's like, like sometimes like in, in an effort to like be a really good husband, sometimes like, you know, if like, you know, like in marriage, it's like, like you need some alone time every once in a while. Like not cause like, I mean, sometimes like if like there's a fight or an argument or something, you need alone time, but also just like, just to chill and like hang out. And so like, sometimes like my amazing wife, Lindsay will be like, like, Hey, like, would you be cool if I went like watch a show, read a book, like took a bath, like just kind of did my own thing. And like my response is like, yeah, girl, like go get the time, like take care of yourself, like be healthy. That's awesome. And you know what I'm thinking inside? I'm like, let's go. I got two hours to watch basketball. Like this is the best day ever. You know, it's like, like I, I noticed my selfishness. It's like even in my attempt to like be loving and like to be Christ-like even, like I see how selfish I can be. Like, I see that, like, even my motives are not pure and hard. Like, even my best attempts fall short of what Jesus has called us to. But when I look at Jesus, I see that he is, he's completely unselfish and he is loving. He is good. He is merciful. He's all these things that we read about in this passage. So, number one, we see who the kingdom is for. We see the character of Jesus, number two. And number three, what we, what we learn from this passage, what we see is we see our need for Jesus to make a way into his kingdom. J-Lo, you can go ahead and come on up for, to lead us in worship. See, ultimately, when I, when I read this passage, I, I'm just super aware of how, how far I fall short in comparison to what God has called me to. Have any of you guys ever felt that before? Like you. You look at the life of Jesus. Like you hear like a, be holy as I am holy. 
Like this, like we have this invitation to take up our cross and deny ourselves and follow Jesus to imitate him, to become more like him. And sometimes I, I read something like that and I'm like, I, I look at even this passage and I'm aware of like, man, sometimes I'm, I'm not dependent on God. I'm not poor in spirit. Sometimes I try to, try to make it look like I have it all together. Sometimes I, like, often I'm not merciful. I'm not a peacemaker. Like, a lot of times, like, I bring conflict because of my, my sin and dysfunction. Like, oftentimes, like, I can continue, like, sometimes I, I don't hunger and thirst for, for righteousness. I'm, I'm more focused on myself. Even to be honest with you guys, like, as I was reading this passage today and praying, preparing for what I felt like the Lord wanted to share with you guys. Anytime I pick up this book, I, I don't want to do it just to, to preach a good sermon. Like, at the end of the day, like, the, I, I believe the Lord wants to like, speak to me. And as I, was, as, as I was reading these verses, I became just so aware of how often I try to, to live the way that the world tells me to live to make it look like I have, I have it all together, to try to be really strong and never show weakness, to show that I'm a really great leader, I'm a really great husband, I'm really great at what I do. Or I try to, I try to achieve a bunch. I try to always be like just doing great at everything and, and try to prove myself to other people. Like, like these are things like I, I'm constantly like living out of things I constantly do. As I read this passage and I was, I was just being met with like how often I fall short. I was reminded that ultimately the good news of this passage is that Jesus has made a way for us to enter his kingdom. Right? Like ultimately what I, what I can look at is, is when I see what Jesus has done on the cross for you. For me, I can say, Lord, there's, I know I fall short. Lord, I know that I try to put on a facade that I have it all together, that I can, I have control over my life or any of those things. But ultimately, when I look at who Jesus is, when I look at what he's done for you and for me, I see my need for him. So this is what I want us to do. I want everyone just to stand up and just kind of spread out around the room. I don't want you to be near, like, anyone. I don't want you to be next to anyone. You can be alone for, like, three or four minutes. I just want you to be able to have times one-on-one with God. We're going to sing this song, and the song is really beautiful. It's, it's a lot of the, the lyrics are a lot of what is, what is in this passage. My favorite, my favorite part of this, of this song is in the bridge section of the song, it says, take this world, give me Jesus. 
Take, take my life and give me yours. In every season, you are the blessing. Jesus, you are my reward. As I, as I thought about those lyrics today, as I sat right over there in that room and prayed and, and prayed for so many of you by name and saying, Lord, what do you have to speak to me, to speak to us? I believe he's simply inviting us to make Jesus our king tonight. And when we look at who Jesus is, his character, of him being humble, of him being dependent on God, of him being merciful, of him being a peacemaker, of all these things about the character of Jesus, we can experience those things. We can even receive those things from God when Jesus is our king. And when we come to him saying, Jesus, I know I can never do this in myself. But I need you. Would you help me? Trying to even where you're at, would you just, just hold your hands open and close your eyes? And if you really mean this, only if you mean this, I want you just to say, Jesus, I need you. One more time to say, Jesus, I need you. I am nothing without you. Would you help me? Would you help me to depend on you? Would you help me to not rely on myself? And would you help me to come to you? as my king. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's go and worship together, friends.